When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app and answer a few questions. With Angie, you can book instantly at an upfront price or request and compare quotes from multiple pros so you can find the best price for your project. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. In a post to Truth Social yesterday, former President Trump criticized President Biden for his recent comments supporting NATO and said, quote, could someone please inform our uninformable president that NATO has to pay their bills? Trump is telling people to pay their bills. This guy owes more money than Howard Ratner. His picture is hanging up in the UN with do not accept checks. From 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York City, please enjoy this podcast edition of Late Night with Seth Meyers. On today's show, Seth talks to actor America Ferreira. But first, a closer look. Donald Trump appeared in a New York courtroom today for a hearing to schedule what will be the first ever criminal trial of a former president over hush money payments to a porn star. For more on this, it's time for a closer look. I don't think we as a nation have fully grappled yet just how unprecedented and norm-shattering this election is going to be. One of our two major party candidates is going to be on trial, perhaps in multiple jurisdictions, during the campaign. He'll have to zoom into his rallies from the courthouse. <laughs> if he gets convicted before voting starts, there's a good chance his speeches will be interrupted by his ankle bracelet going off. Very handsome guy, beautiful suit. In fact, I was gonna ask him, who's your tailor? I like it very much. And... Oops, I wasn't supposed to leave the house. Today, a date was set for the first of those trials over Trump's hush money payments to porn star Stormy Daniels during the 2016 campaign. And guys, it's coming up soon. A judge says jury selection in Donald Trump's New York hush money trial will begin March 25th. This will be the first of the former president's four criminal cases to go to trial. Wow, March 25th. That makes sense. The Farmer's Almanac says spring doesn't start until the Republican nominee for president goes on trial for paying hush money to a porn star. And you guys, the trial's right here in Manhattan. It's like a New York City cab driver found a genie lamp. You have three wishes. I only got one. A former president from Queens goes on trial for porn star stuff right here in the Big Apple. I'll be able to talk about it with every passenger I got. Did you hear about? Yeah, you heard about. Trump appeared at the hearing today and did his usual shtick where he whines to the assembled reporters. It's a disgraceful situation, actually. And... We'll just have to figure it out. I'll be here during the day and I'll be campaigning during the night. Biden should be doing the same thing, but he'll be sleeping. I mean, I'm... 
I'd rather be sleeping than be on trial for paying off a porn star. <laughs> Hell, I'd rather be sleeping than doing pretty much anything else. Also, my favorite thing about these Trump courthouse press conferences is how he has to do them behind barricades. Like a <laughs> zoo animal. There should be a llama next to him. I mean, look, he's holding this, it's like he is watching a roller coaster he wasn't tall enough to go on. Next year, Donnie, next year. So the GOP nominee will be on trial for at least one, if not multiple crimes during the campaign, but that has not given Republicans any hesitation about supporting him. Last night, for example, Republicans celebrated Valentine's Day by what else? attending a Trump rally in South Carolina. He'll be here in just a little while. And when you see him, let's make sure on Valentine's Day, we share our love for Donald J. Trump. Let's share our love for Donald J. Trump, a man who will in no way reciprocate that love because his soul is a bottomless pit of infinite sadness that devours the essences of all those around him until it caves in on itself from the unbearable weight of its unending thirst for validation and vengeance. I hope that fits on a card. Yeah, it does. Okay, good. Somehow that was not the most pathetic thing Scott said at last night's rally. As y'all probably remember, I have recently got engaged. And today is Valentine's Day. But I told my fiance I have a chance to introduce the next president of the United States. So long story short, I am no longer engaged. But I hear you, man. I was in the same spot. I told my wife I couldn't go out to dinner because I had to watch the Trump rally for a closer look, but she was very cool about it. She said I wasn't free anyway. I have dinner plans with my trainer, Keith. And I said, that's great. And it is just hitting me now that my wife is having an affair with Keith. So, <laughs> you, Keith, and I'll see you next week because you're still my trainer, too. <laughs> Tim Scott is so desperate to be vice president. Remember a few weeks ago, he said this to Trump on stage? I just love you. No, that's... <laughs> Even Trump was like, oh. Let's take it down a notch, dude. Say what you will about Democrats, but I can't recall ever seeing this sort of slobbering on their side. I mean, although Joe Biden occasionally hugged Obama like a St. Bernard whose owner just got home. <laughs> but Tim Scott ran against Trump in this primary. In 2016, Bernie certainly never fawned over Hillary after their primary was over. And if he ever did, you'd know from his tone he was being sarcastic. Oh, there's nothing I love more than a corporate Democrat who gives paid speeches to the big banks. <laughs> it's time to end this monopoly on love. The top 1% of Valentines have more love than the bottom 5 of the Although, when Democrats try their hand at the Valentine's Day shtick, it doesn't go much better. Fox host Sean Hannity criticized the White House for a Valentine's Day post yesterday. Roses are red, violets are blue, the border deal was crushed because of you. Uh, that is a real tweet sent out by the official White House government account. All right, I will concede that is kind of lame. Maybe instead of writing poems about the border, the White House social media team should spend time posting stuff that makes Joe Biden look younger. Hell. Use AI if you have to. Give us a pic of Joe Biden skateboarding or Joe Biden playing Minecraft on his Twitch stream or Joe Biden vaping at a SZA concert. Uh, you know, I, lo I love Gen Z. I love Gen Z, the future of this country. Gen Z, I'm not kidding around here. Minecraft, this is my favorite game. I love Minecraft. Reminds me of my old days in Scranton when blue-collar Americans worked in coal mines. That was their craft. That's a fact. 
Back then, my favorite singer was Robert Goulet. Now it's SZA, Kill Bill. It's my favorite song, no joke. <laughs> Reminds me of what Republicans did to the border deal. They killed the bill. <laughs> I'm not kidding around here. So Hannity jabbed the White House for a Valentine's Day poem because Hannity would never do something that lame. Okay, how about roses are red, violets are blue. People from Iran, Syria, Egypt, Afghanistan, China, and Russia are all here because of you, Joe. Oof. <laughs> Hannity, you couldn't just take the win. You had to do your own worst poem. You gotta hand it to Fox News. They're the only ones who would see Democrats do something lame and think to themselves, how can we make this worse? Now, all Trump rallies are weird, but this one was an especially weird one. As he usually does, Trump spent a significant amount of time bragging about his intelligence, and then he claimed that when he mixes up names, like when he confuses Obama and Biden or Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi, it's actually all part of an ingenious plot to show us how sharp he is. When I say that Obama is the president of our country, blah, 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 they go, he doesn't know that's Biden. He doesn't know. So it's very hard to be sarcastic. When I interpose, because I'm not a Nikki fan and I'm not a Pelosi fan, and when I purposely interpose names, they said he didn't know Pelosi from Nikki, from Tricky Nikki, Tricky Nikki. He didn't know I interpose, and they make a big deal out of it. I said, no, no, I think they both stink. They have something in common, they both stink. Can I guess what the word of the day on your word of the day calendar was yesterday? <laughs> and can I follow up guess that you saw the word and didn't read the definition because you were definitely using it wrong? <laughs> Second, it doesn't make me feel a whole lot better about your cognitive functioning when you abruptly start rhyming words in the middle of your rant like a malfunctioning robot. Tricky Nicky, Sticky Ricky, Picky Mickey, <laughs> Wiggy Wiggy, Wild Wild West, but I... Will say you definitely convinced me that you intended to mix up the names Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley when you explained the truly brilliant and super specific detail that connects the two of them in your mind, they both stink. <laughs> that sounds like a MAGA-themed CAPTCHA. Select all the people that stink, hint, it's all of them. Oh, so you didn't just mix up the names. You repeatedly blamed Nikki Haley for not having enough security at the Capitol on January 6th when you clearly meant Nancy Pelosi. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, they, did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything, deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it, because of lots of things, like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. That's some classic interposing right there. <laughs> also, he glitched on Nikki Haley's name again. He sounds like Amazon Echo after you drop it in the toilet and then dry it off by sticking it in the microwave until it catches fire. <laughs> Alexa, who was the Speaker of the House on January 6th? Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Tricky, Nikki, Tricky, Nikki, Sticky, Ricky, Picky, Mickey, Wicky, Wicky, Wild, Wild West, Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider, No, You Don't Want Nada, None of This Six yeah. The, the Alexa key got a round of applause. <laughs> of course, this is not the first addled thing Trump has said or done. The guy glitches on names, dates, people, places, three-syllable words, two-syllable words, one-syllable words, who the president is, who he ran against, what city he's in, how magnets work, how toilets work, how windmills work, how bleach works, how to spell his wife's name, how to spell his own name, and how to say what country he lives in. God bless 
the United States. Hey! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Sean Connery, I thought you were from Scotland. But during last night's rally, Trump insisted we should all be much more focused on Biden's supposed decline. Do you see this guy on television today? I mean, he's, he's like a crazed lunatic. Round eyes. The eyes are all round as hell. But I know he didn't have any plastic surgery, I know. The eyes are round. I don't know. Every time I've seen Biden on TV, his eyes are basically hyphens. He looks like grown-up Jughead Jones. Seriously, who's the crazed lunatic? The guy with the round eyes or the guy muttering, the eyes are round? Like a mental health patient who just saw an alien. Maybe Trump was just watching a classic episode of The Simpsons and got confused. Round eyes, you know, round eyes. Be very unhelpful with a police sketch artist. I would say round eyes. Yeah, no, round. No, the suspect was, it were round eyes. The nose had two holes. Mouth definitely under the nose. <laughs> Republicans would like us all to believe both that 81-year-old Biden is in cognitive decline and that 77-year-old Trump is somehow sharper than ever. In fact, one GOP congressman said this week the difference between them is that Trump is just smarter. It's a very well-known fact in the, in the medical literature that says that someone's intelligence is tied to their risk of having dementia later on in life. And those who are more intelligent have less a risk later on in life. Well, Joe has proven when his younger scholar days, when he was near the bottom of his law school class, that he's not, you know, he's not as intelligent maybe as uh, President Trump has been. Look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Joe Biden is a Rhodes Scholar, but if you told Donald Trump he was a Rhodes Scholar, he'd think you meant it was good at driving. <laughs> this is a guy who claimed last week that if he loses, mysterious forces will change the name of Pennsylvania, who once drew a line on a hurricane map in Sharpie because he thought he knew better than a weather forecast, and who thinks the CEO of Apple's name is Tim Apple. He said those things <laughs> out loud in front of cameras, and he's both a moron and too arrogant to know he's a moron. I guess he couldn't imagine someone running a company and not naming it after themselves. Even when I was blitzed out of my mind, I didn't call Dua Lipa Dua Song Singer. <laughs> yes, Joe Biden is 81. Yes, he forgets names and dates. And yes, 86% of voters are worried about his age. So as we've said before, it's on Biden to prove them wrong and ease their concerns. He's a politician and that's politics. That's his job. He could start by doing more interviews, more speeches, more press conferences, more chances to show off those big, beautiful round eyes. <laughs> Trump, on the other hand, is very obviously addled and in much more dangerous ways. He amplifies deranged conspiracy theories about everything from voting to immigration to climate change. He lashes out at dissent and desperately craves obedience. He recently said Viktor Orban was the leader of Turkey, which he said shares a border with Russia. Turkey does not share a border with Russia. And Orban is the prime minister of Hungary, which also does not share a border with Russia. Although I guess we should at least give Trump credit for not assuming the leader of Hungary's name was Viktor Hungary. And now on top of everything else, Trump will become the first former president to face a criminal trial next month, all while running for president again, with the explicit aim of seeking revenge on critics and ending American democracy. Trump is working in tandem with the entirety of the Republican Party. And if you ask me for my sophisticated political analysis, I'd say... They both stink. This has been A Closer Look. Hey, everybody, thanks for watching A Closer Look. And as a reminder, my brother Josh and I have started a new podcast called Family Trips. With the Myers Brothers, we hope you listen, we hope you like it, 
and see you soon. Give it up for the fantastic AG Man right over there, everybody. Our guest tonight is a talented director, producer, and Emmy Award-winning actress you know from shows such as Superstore and Ugly Betty. She just received her first Academy Award nomination for a role as Gloria and Barbie, which is available to stream now on Max. Please welcome back to the show one of the greats, America Ferrera, everybody! happy you're here. It's been a while, and I think the last time was even on Zoom, so getting you in person is a real big deal. Oh my, it's been a minute. A lot's happened. Your daughter was only six months old last time you are here, about to turn four. She's about to be four. Incredible. I have to ask, because we've talked about how to train uh, your dragon. Mm -hmm. You play Astrid and how to train your dragon. Obviously, have your kids seen it? Yes. Um, uh, I tried to show it to my son, who's five, and he just gets scared of the dragons. Oh, really? He yeah. can't get past the dragons? He can't get past the dragon part. Even though you're like, this helped pay for this home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was you like, that was my first child. <laughs> <laughs> now, you did say, obviously, because you are, we've talked about this before, Astrid is not drawn to uh, look like America. What are you talking about? <laughs> she's, she's my twin. Can you see it? It's really fun, though. I mean, I, that was what I was worried about. Or not worried about, but interested in. Is Did they see it and they're like, oh, look at that. Well, no. He knows the characters. Like, it will be out and he'll be like, ah, Toothless, Hiccup, Astrid. And now it's been like all these years that I've withheld the information. And now I'm like terrified that he's going to be like, you lied to me all these years. <laughs> and you didn't tell me you were Astrid. He hasn't figured that part out yet? Well, he doesn't get that far in the movie. He hasn't even gotten your appearance? <laughs> no, but he knows who Astrid is. I see. He just know you're waiting for the day where he can find out on his own. Yes, I'm waiting till he turns 25, and then I'll <laughs> tell him that I lied to Look, him his it, whole childhood. It takes some people a little bit longer to get over a fear of dragons. <laughs> you know what you should do is you should show him Game of Thrones and then these dragons. <laughs> He'll be so scared by those dragons that this will be a walk in the park. Yeah. Um, I think I, he'd be afraid of a lot of things in Game of Thrones. No, no, kids are good. Kids grow up <laughs> fast these days. You're raising kids in New York City. They see Game of Thrones on their way to school. It's true. It's true. Um, you also, uh, uh, speaking of another family member, your husband, Ryan, uh, just took on a very big acting role. He was also in Barbie. <laughs> he, was. he played your husband in Barbie. <laughs> he did. He played your husband. There's uh, another shot from a very funny scene. That's my man. That's your man. <laughs> so how did your husband uh, find his way into playing your husband? Well, I was, so I, um, well, he was typecast. Yes. Um, no. <laughs> I, I, the first time I Zoomed with Greta, I was like telling her all my favorite parts that made me LOL. And then I was like, oh my God, I laughed so hard when it got to the part where you cut to like white husband at home learning Spanish because my husband is literally in the other room doing his Spanish lesson right now. And, and, and he's like, are you talking about me? And then he doesn't talk like that at all. And then, and then I was like, my, and she's like, oh my God, does he want to play your husband? And I was like, I don't know. And then months and months later, she meant it. And then there he is. He's That's, on screen. So he basically, not only is he playing your husband, he's also in the scene doing a thing that is unique to him as well. Yes. He, um, he grew up in El Paso, which is like 80 to 90% Latino. Um, he took Spanish for 12 years, and he cannot speak Spanish. <laughs> and... 
But the part that sucks for me is that he understands it. Oh, no. So I can't talk trash about him when I want to, so. Yeah, that's worst of it's both. like the worst of yeah. both worlds. You can't communicate with him in Spanish. Right. But you can't even use it to be secretive around yeah, him. That's right. So. Do you, uh, how are you, uh, do your kids speak good Spanish? I blame my husband. Okay. I, I like it. Funny like, because I'm gonna say something, don't take it the wrong way. I blame you. <laughs> no, why does the work always have to be on the people of color? Uh, why, like, uh, he, he should. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a, that was a racy joke. Uh, uh, pun. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, no, I, I, if he spoke Spanish, then we could yes. speak Spanish to each other at the very least to talk about the kids in front of them and they couldn't understand us. Yes. But you know, I need other people, cause I grew up learning Spanish at home, but we, I spoke English more than I spoke Spanish. So it's like, I'm not fully hundred percent feel nice. the most confident. Yeah. So I need other Spanish speakers around me. And Ryan is just failing. So. Yeah. Well, look, I, I'm saying this and not just because you got a, a round of applause for what you said, but I do blame him now too. <laughs> It's like time for the white man, right, everybody, to pick up the slack. That's right, you do are, their fair share. You teach our kids another yeah, language. Absolutely. What language are you teaching your kids? Um, uh, I'm not. <laughs> but they're not, I mean, they can barely, you know, speak English. <laughs> they're like seven, five, and two, and you're like, what? <laughs> you might want to get that checked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I want to uh, ask about Barbie and your very exciting nomination. We'll be right back with America after this. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood, but always stand out and always be grateful. But never forget that the system is rigged, so find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard, it's too contradictory, and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. Pretty great. <laughs> First Oscar nomination. It also must be so lovely. Sometimes when people get nominated for an Oscar, it's a great chance to draw attention to a film that maybe people missed. It yeah. must be so cool to be nominated an Oscar for one of the few films in recent years where nobody missed. <laughs> like, you don't have to say, yeah, I got nominated for this movie, Marbie. Uh, how would I explain it? Like, everybody <laughs> knows what it is. I think, yeah, by now. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Did you have any sense of any of this while you were making it? That one, it would be a sort of cultural phenomenon, and two, that you would get this sort of, you know, overdue attention that you've never received? Um, no, not, not, um, no, not that part of it. I mean, I think when I read the script, I thought, oh my God, this is, this is something else. Like it's, it's funny and subversive and like the Barbie movie, no one asked for, right? But, but, but it, it was doing so many things and, and Greta and Noah's writing was just unbelievable. And it, I, I think everyone who read the script knew that they were getting involved in something very special. Another thing that is very, unique to a, a career before someone gets 
nominated for an award like this is not just the award press, but you are going to all these events where you get to keep seeing the nominees over and over again. You uh, were just at a luncheon. I heard you tell a story about how you met Martin Scorsese and we're starstruck. I did, yeah. I met him. I yeah. said hi. <laughs> it's so weird to think about people who've been in show business as long as you have been getting starstruck. Have you found it happening more often than not at these events? You know, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it'll sneak up on you. And more often than not, it's like it's like someone you had a childhood connection to, right? Yes. So it's always like very embarrassing. Um, I'm like debating, like, do I even want to say this out loud? Um, but like, okay, I watched Titanic in the movie theaters seven times. Yeah. You know, I don't know, 13, 14, prime time to be in love with of Leonardo course. DiCaprio, yeah. right? Okay. Um, um, so, at the, the first time I went to the SAG Awards, um, and, I, and, I, and I had won for Ugly Betty, and I, and I had been on stage and the whole thing, and, and you know, so you think like I was, you know, feeling kind of like, I belong here, this is cool. Um, and then, um, and then Leonardo DiCaprio was there and I said hello to him and I promptly, uh, departed him and went around the corner and just started weeping. <laughs> and my husband, then boyfriend was with me and he was like, I am so embarrassed right now. Like, like, this is so, like, st stop crying. Um, and I was like, but it's Leonardo. And, and now um, I hope he, Leonardo DiCaprio never sees this. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think good news, he was... probably won't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know. No, I don't know. I will say mine, I was hosting an Emmys, and I walked backstage after doing something. And, you know, I was on a, uh, hosting an Emmy High. And I walked backstage, and the next presenter was Julia Roberts, who had never just seen Julia and, Roberts in person. And? And it was I mean, the same thing. I walked by her. She was like, hey, good job. I was like, oh, thanks. So nice to meet you. Walked around. Full cry. Really? Full me cry. too. And my wife wasn't with me, but I FaceTimed her because I wanted her to see <laughs> It also just happened um, just a couple weeks ago at the Governor's Awards. Um, so, like, growing up, people were like, oh, like, who did you want to be? Like, Salma Hayek, or like, J-Lo. And I was like, Tom Hanks? I wanted to be, I wanted to be Tom Hanks. Like, that was my goal. And, and just a couple weeks ago, he, he came up to me, and he said very nice things to me. And I, it was like I was in seven different timelines at the same yeah. time. I was like eight, I was 10, I was 14, I was 80, remembering this on my deathbed. I was like, it was like, I, I, it was just so crazy. I was like, if he knew what was happening in my mind right now, but he was saying really nice things to me and I was trying to like remember every single thing he said. And, and at the same time, I was shaking and terrified that I was gonna start crying in front of him. He is a very special person I've been lucky enough to meet who is exactly what you need them to be. Everything you he want, Tom He is the Tom best Hanks version be. of Tom Hanks the entire time <laughs> yeah. you're with him. He plays Tom Hanks very well. Very well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it is really special. Certain people like that who do the kind of work at the level he did, it would be so ruinous if you met them and they weren't. It's an incredible burden on Tom awful. Hanks, but he really delivers every single yes, time. Yes, he really does. Um, you met another star. One of, uh, one of the finer movies of the year. Anatomy of a yes, Fall. Yes, I love it. It's a movie. fantastic film. Yes. And uh, there's a great dog actor in it. Yeah. Messy. Messy. Messy plays Snoop. Snoop, Snoop Dogg. And uh, you met the dog at one of these parties. I did. I met the actual Snoop. Yeah. He was there, and I was like, ah, and I got down, and I told him what a great job he'd done. And <laughs> it's funny, because I do like, it is sort of 
you know, I don't know. It sometimes feels like comic books where you're watching, oh my God, Batman is meeting Superman. This is so cool. And uh, and usually it's two actors, but it was really cool when I saw a video of you actually going and talking to this dog actor <laughs> like they could understand you. <laughs> I tried to do that to Tom Hanks, and he wasn't. Oh, you did that to Tom Hanks? Yeah, yeah. Like, That's, I will say, Tom Hanks is so nice, but if you do this, <laughs> he turns. It is not the Hanks you want to hang out with. You know, I've always been partial to dog actors. Have you really? Yeah. When was the first dog <laughs> actor you felt this connection with? Well, I had this amazing opportunity to go to the very last taping of Full House ever, and okay. that's another, like, you know, childhood staple for me. And I really just wanted to meet Comet the dog. Really? Yeah, that's And it. did you? I did. Wow. I know. I wish I'd brought a picture. I'll send it to you. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I might not show anybody, but I am gonna keep it for myself. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. what, a, what a pleasure to have you back yeah, on the show. Congratulations you. on your nomination. America <laughs> for everybody, Barbie, now streaming on Mac. Late Night with Seth Meyers airs weeknights on NBC at 12.35, 11.35 Central. Original music on the Late Night podcast is by the HE Band. Don't forget to follow the handle Late Night Seth on social media and tell your friends to subscribe to the Late Night podcast wherever they get their podcasts. Welcome to Pura the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the Outer Lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us in Pura. Promised to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pure. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.